Well, good morning. <clears throat> uh, I told uh, I told Phyllis before we uh, started uh, this morning that uh, I I usually I learned to use pictures to help me to stay focused. Otherwise, you'll miss your your golf game if I uh, get started here. Um, What I would like to share with you this, uh, this morning is something that I've, I think I've learned in my 70-odd years of, uh, of wandering around trying to understand what life is about and how to handle the experiences that have been handed to me both as a child, as an adult, and as an, old, uh, as an older person. And there are, there are a few things that, uh, that guide, I guess, my thinking and, and, my, and the development of what is important in my life and what goes to my heart and... and comes to you as uh, as a part of my sharing with your with your family here i'm i'm a great believer in the work of the holy spirit the holy spirit is very subtle is there is there constantly in our lives, lives of our individual lives, our family lives, and our community lives. Always present. And we, we need to listen very deeply to, to understand what the plan is. And, and over the years, I've, I've learned, I've, I've learned that it's really important for me to uh, to to develop that listening that deep listening that is required to respond appropriately to the promptings of the holy spirit a few years ago i was uh, i was fortunate to open the computer and do some exploring because I, I was I was I've always been concerned about f- fatherhood. In our communities, fatherhood has lost a lot of its meaning, its significance, its place, and consequently, we have experienced and are experiencing many gaps in how our families develop and our, how our community develops. And so it, it's been a passion for me to try to find what is it, what has been my experience, and how, uh, how can I, as, a, as an individual, move us to a new place, to a new place, move my own family to a new place about fatherhood. So I, I found this conference in the United States, and it was called Fatherhood is Sacred. Uh, 
never thought of it as being sacred. It was, this, is a, this is a new idea for me. And, and so Jermaine and I trucked off to Phoenix, Arizona, and took in three days of, of sharings by people who, have, who had discovered and were discovering what fatherhood meant and how it was that it was a sacred, uh, a sacred role, a, a sacred place to be as a, as a man. And so <clears throat> from that, from that experience, of course, uh, uh, you know, I, I bring it, I, I brought it home and uh, began to try to shape it, try to shape how it was affecting me. And <clears throat> I guess I better... In my own life, I've had two really big, uh, big experiences in terms of, uh, of uh, being a father. One is that I have four biological children, and they're all grown up. A, few, a couple of them live just down the street from here, uh, leading their lives and uh, raising their children. And then in uh, 1996, 1996, on a Sunday afternoon, on May the 5th, May the 5th, very important day, somebody, one of my relatives, who was having an extreme tough time raising uh, her children, f full of hurt, full of, uh, uh, full of, the need to try to fix herself, came and left a little boy in my living room. I can still see him sitting in his, in his uh, car seat with his favorite blanket. He was four months old. That was my second fatherhood. He stayed with us. He became part of our family. And... Uh, he lives in the city here, raising his own family now. But he, it's this kind of experience that has shaped me as a father and has determined how things need to work. And so, fatherhood is a very dynamic role that we play. It, it's a team effort. Fathers working with, their, with the mothers. Fathers in the lives of their children, in their families, in their communities. And it, it puts into question, what does that mean, fathers in the lives of their children? What does that mean? It, does it, is it more than putting food on the table? Is it more than making sure that they, you, that, uh, they can play hockey and 
and explore themselves that way. These are very important questions that, uh, that uh, have become part of our discussion uh, in my family and in my community. And when I said the Holy Spirit is, uh, is all around us, one of the, I think one of the realities that I believe is that the Holy Spirit touches not just families, but cultures. Every culture in the world is in some way affected by the Holy Spirit, whether, whatever the name we, we attach to that entity that we believe in. And in the wisdom of, the, of that Holy Spirit, we, have, we develop a language around family in our own words, in our own way of seeing the world, in our own way of how we organize each other. So in the Cree community, the, the one I come from, this is the one that I've been exploring. Not just me, the whole community has been exploring it. Because if you know anything about Canadian history and what has happened in the last hundred years, in 1876, there was a law passed that, in effect, took away jurisdiction of children from the parents of, our, of, of my community. They no longer had the, the, uh, the right to make decisions because the government took, took it over through the Indian Act. And, and out of that comes all of, all of what we're trying to deal with today. Uh, you know, the residential school, the education in a, in a different language, uh, all of the things that, that affect family, affect community, and affect personal growth and development. And so in the Cree community, in Muskeg, specifically, where I come from, what we, what we have been doing in response to, uh, to rebuilding ourselves is unpacking what is it our grandparents and great-grandparents, what did they give us as a way of raising and being involved with children? And so, the Holy Spirit, in his wisdom, gave the Cree a creation story that explains, that explains the, the beginning of Nehiawak, the Cree people. And in there, embedded in that story, is, are the words and, and the directions of how to relate how to create a relatedness that is strong sustaining and and in many ways the strength of who uh, who a person is the strength of their family and the strength of the community and in there is a word called Opeginawasuin. Oh, it's a it's a powerful word. 
and another word called wakotoen. And these are all these are all words that we we are unpacking in our community because inside of those words is how how the child is to be considered and ha- and and uh, brought in to the family and the community and fundamental belief is that the child is not a commodity the child is a gift a gift to be cherished to be to be raised up, to create an environment, a place of people, a circle of people who lift up that child and allow that child to grow into his, his or her gifts as God, as God planned it. So it, it, these are the beliefs that have that we are re, trying to regenerate we, in in our families, in our people, in our mothers and fathers. And so when we think about fatherhood is sacred, it really takes us to a different place about relationship between a father and 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 their children, father and their nephews and nieces. Fortunately, every once in a while in Canada, we, uh, we, we experience something positive. A door opens and we all scramble to try to get through that door before it closes on us again. And so, Bill C-92 is one of, those, one of those doors. Bill C-92, which by the way is uh, under threat by, the, uh, by one of our provincial governments, and so the conversation is going to continue, but Bill C-92 has provided Muskeg with an opportunity to do something that they've been trying to do for 100 years, which is assume and maintain control of the lives of the family and the community and consequently the children, our children, you know, they're, they're our responsibility. They're, they're ours to, to help to grow into adults that find peace and justice and joy in their lives. And so, go back to our father here. Um, <clears throat> and so, when we when we think about that in in the context of uh, of, our, of our community, it it really does take us to a different place. And I th- think of that story from Mark. How does it relate to all of us, regardless of how the Holy Spirit has shaped 
our cultures and the pieces that make up that culture. It's interesting, I think, that Jesus Christ in his life takes a stand in terms of those children. Because we're, in some cultures, they sort of have, have shifted and the children have become a little bit like a commodity. I own that child. And so I, so I need to, I need to handle it that way. Um, there have been some attitudes that have become part of our uh, our legacy of, of thinking oh, uh, a child is to be seen, not heard. You know, it's changing, but certainly in the 50s and 40s, you know, that, that was a strong way of thinking about children. And so we, as Cree people, are trying to shed that, that thinking, to go back to, I think, more of what Christ is teaching what the Holy Spirit has planned for the Cree uh, people, and that is to cherish that child in a, in a special way, and as and in that way mend, begin to, the healing and the mending and and the reconciliation, the 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 reconciliation that needs to occur inside of our communities. It, it is it is based on how we treat children. Because how we treat them will determine, in many ways, what kind of adults they become. What do we want? In the Cree community, <clears throat> it's about sharing. Wakotuin, it's about being related. Strong, strong emphasis on wakotuin. Strong emphasis on sharing. Strong emphasis on, on collective strength. And so if we, if we are able to do as, as I think Christ is teaching us, and the Holy Spirit is teaching us, we have, I think, what is the hope of our, of our community. And in, uh, in building the hope of our community, it becomes the hope of everybody in, in Canada. I think that's, that's the dialogue that we're having right now uh, in Canada and, and trying to make sense out of it. That's a dialogue in the Catholic Church we're having with the, with the Pope, uh, regarding the Catholic Church itself. We need to dialogue, we need to share, we need to understand what has been given to us as, as parents, as fathers, as mothers, as grandmothers, as aunties, as uncles. And so, 
Oh, he doesn't want to leave us now. Okay. And so we hope and we work towards that understanding. We work towards helping men rediscover their place in the dynamics of that group of people, that family that they have. It's really, it really is a challenging, a challenging place for us as, as a community because we've, we, we've had so much hurt happen and the men have been particularly touched by the hurt. The women have, have been fortunate in, and, and resilient in maintaining motherhood. And it's their strength that uh, pulls together the, uh, the, that family that, uh, that has been given to them. There are some powerful teaching tools that we use to help us to understand that. The teepee has become a symbol of, of the family and the community in that sense. It used to be a home. Well, we don't live in teepees anymore. It's a little too cold. But it's become a teaching tool. And the way they use it is they talk about the shape of the teepee as being the shape of motherhood. And the mother, and the mother then becomes uh, the, the life-giving force of the family. And the men, the men are there to help, to protect, to provide, to, and to play their carry out their role, I guess, to, to help young men find meaning, find what it is to be a man. One of the, uh, one of the elders from Thunderchild talking about the life cycle, talked about the introduction of the teenage years as being harmful harmful to us as, as a society because really in Cree thinking you're a child and then a young adult and then a, a, a middle years adult I guess and then an old adult you know but there is no teenage in there because you're expected you're expected to become, as a young adult, to behave like a young adult. And so, part of our, part of our challenge as fathers and mothers is to, is, to, is to reintroduce ceremonies that mark, that mark that movement from child to young adult because a lot of those ceremonies have been done away with. The w young women, when they begin to, uh, to menstruate, there are ceremonies that mark that, and there are teachings that, that are given. There, are, there is 
ceremony for young boys who are becoming young men. There are ceremonies to mark that, and it establishes uh, the groundwork for their responsibility as young as young men, and it's and it's not it's not playing games in your basement for hours on end. <laughs> you know that's not the teaching you're going to get uh, when you go through these ceremonies. So some of these ceremonies are being re- reintroduced to help to help fatherhood take shape, to help motherhood be what it is in shaping our community and our, and our families. Okay. There. And so we're, we're, we've been working on change forever, and we'll be working on change for forever. That's what being human is about. It's about living the change. Every day is a little bit different than the day before. And sometimes we need big changes. And we're after big changes in our community because Bill C-902 has opened a door for us. And so in the next few years in Muskeg Lake, we're, we're working to reestablish control of what happens to our children. We are, we are trying to undo and rebuild families and community to understand their history, but to hope for a future that reconnects fathers, mothers, children, cousins, aunts, uncles, and most importantly, grandparents, because the residential school ripped the grandparents away from their grandchildren. And in a Cree society, the grandparents are the teachers. They're the teachers. That's their role. While mom and dad are off providing the food and, and, the, and the necessities of life, grandparents are there to teach about values, about beliefs, about ceremony, about praying together, about how to go into how to go into situations of making decisions. That's their role. And so that's the change that we're working for. And we believe that we're doing it in the context, a spiritual context. That's why fatherhood is sacred. It's a spiritual experience. It's a spiritual role. And if we can, if we can develop that fully in our community, it'll help the men to understand more deeply what the Creator has intended for them in, in providing that, uh, that guidance and that affirmation for the gift that's been given to them, the children. So, Jesus 
taught a lot. The Holy Spirit is always there. Uh, in, in my own life, I've always, I've always said, I've had a lot of accidents in my life. Not car accidents, but, you know, things that I did, hadn't planned for. And after, after a while, you begin to say, oh, that makes sense. You know, that, that taking me to a place where I never intended, but it's a good place. So, thank you very much for taking the time to listen to me. And I hope that I've given you something to think about, something to, um, to mull over this coming week as you go about your business, because that's what I think being in church is about. It's about feeding us to be able to think about things like, yeah, fatherhood. Maybe, it, maybe there's more to this than, than, I don't know, going to, uh, going to a hockey game. Well, hockey can be spiritual. <laughs> Depends who you cheer for. <laughs> So thank you very much.